0: So here's our topic for today, but before we jump totally into the topic, take that Psalm 91, write it down somewhere, and post it all around your house. It's a great psalm to uh, memorize, to have in your bathroom, to have in the kitchen, to have in your bedroom. Um, And when you're stressed out, just repeat it back to to God. There's a, a theme happening here today, if you hadn't picked up on it. There seems to be a rise in stress as um, we hear of rises in this new COVID variant thing. Um, Or just taking a look around the world and what's happening globally or what's happening locally or what's happening in your job or what's happening uh, in the United States or at the pump. And... uh, (laughs) I paid 5.39 a gallon for diesel this week, and I went, have mercy on my soul. But anyway, <laughs> that's when you used to get it for 50 cents a gallon back in the day. But anyway, you can get stressed out. And so we began to uh, just pray into that, and there are some small groups that are happening, was mentioned earlier. Get involved in a small group. Um, let's not be um, naive to think that will never be locked out of church again okay that's going to happen again and again your small group is going to be your lifeboat so get connected if we need to start another one we'll start another small group um but get get connected to that community so you can develop friendships and um people you can call in a moment's notice to to help or be helped the title of our oh, and come tonight at seven o'clock. I can't miss that. Last night, it was an encounter with the prophet. Jesus had an encounter with the prophet. It was his cousin John. Great presentation by Pastor Nehemiah. He's shared here a couple times. Tonight is Jesus and the Insider. He's going to be talking about Jesus and Nicodemus. Um, so come. These are these are really just if you want to get deeper with Jesus, go deeper with Jesus. Um, Or know somebody that wants and desires that. These are presentations for them. So let's jump into our our topic this morning, but let's uh, have prayer one more time. Loving Father, as we talk about your incredible love to humanity, to each one of us, and how you express that as a loving parent and an almighty God, we ask that your Holy Spirit will warm our hearts and remind us of your love for us. Come be our teacher, we pray today in Jesus' name, amen. So the search is on, and when we jump into um, the Bible, really, starting in Genesis chapter 1, verse 8, you see that Adam and Eve have made a poor choice, Um, the serenity of Eden has been broken and you see Jesus or God coming down in the cool of the evening saying Adam where are you so from the very beginning from the very the jump right there we see God looking for his children his lost sheep now he tells a parable about that in Matthew 18 but take a look at Luke 19 verse 10 either on your phone or in your Bible, Luke 19, verse 10. And Jesus is describing his mission. This is uh, going to Zacchaeus' house. And we can start in verse 9, actually. And Jesus said to him, this is Zacchaeus, Today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of God. Abraham, there's a lot there. And then verse 10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. He has come to seek and save lost humanity. Jesus declares it. Jesus did it all through the Old Testament. You see God coming down to check on humanity, to work with humanity, walk in different ways with humanity. From Eden lost to Eden restored, God is seeking to find and save his children. David knew a thing or two about searching for lost sheep. There was a, a video clip I was hoping to put up here but couldn't get it. But you know that sheep will die if they're, if they're on their back. They can't turn themselves over um, like a turtle can't turn himself over, so you have to turn the sheep, so I, I don't know where this clip came from, but um, I was perusing through Facebook probably way too much, but anyway, a clip came up, and uh, this guy's running across the the pasture to flip a sheep over who had been struggling on its back, you know. Um, So David was a shepherd, right, before he became a king, and he knew a thing or two about lost sheep. David also knew what it meant to be a lost sheep. He himself had made poor choices in his journey. And, um, you know, Psalms 51 is an expression of him coming to repentance. But Jesus asks us to seek. Also, God is seeking and searching for us. And God says, you need to seek and search for me as well. It's a two-way street. And he says this in Matthew 6:33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So he's saying we should seek. He tells parables about seeking for buried treasure <coughs> and uh, making it a priority to get in relationship with Jesus. Here in Jeremiah 29, 13, he says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me or search for me with your whole heart. This isn't a half-hearted search. You know, when you're you're training your kids to be responsible, and you say, "Um, you need to clean your room. And you go in, and they they say it's all done, and you go in to check their room, and you go, it doesn't look too bad, let me open the closet. And then everything falls out of the closet, right? Um, it's kind of a half-hearted attempt at cleaning the room. And um, it's not the, that's not how you seek Jesus. You seek with your whole heart, 100% of your being. John 5, 39, he's talking to the religious leaders, and he says, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness of me. You think that by searching the scriptures, you're going to have eternal life. No, the scriptures tell us about Jesus, and having a relationship with Jesus is what's important. But more than searching for us, or you and I searching for God, God through the Spirit wants to search our hearts. And reveal himself to us. This could, could be kind of tough right here, okay? God wants to dwell within us. He wants to um, search out our hearts, our motives, our thoughts, our things we don't tell anybody. He wants to have a personal, intimate relationship with us. And 1 Corinthians 2.10, says, But it was to us that God revealed these things by his Spirit, for his spirit searches out the searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. The Spirit searches out everything. And we're going to have a prayer. It's going to come from Psalms one thirty nine. David's going to be sharing with us some things of interest. But before we go there, I want you to know that it's a dangerous prayer. It may make you be uneasy and uncomfortable kind of prayer. And I'm just going to do a little foreshadowing. If you come to the retreat at the end of May, one of the topics that my son-in-law will be covering is no more business as usual. If we actually believe that God's coming soon, then we probably shouldn't do what we've always done. That's the definition of sedance, insanity. Doing what you've always done, you get the same results, but you just keep doing it again and again and again. If we know that God is coming soon, we probably ought to not do the same thing all the time. There's, there's different delusions. This is a little rabbit trail for a minute. There's different delusions that we talk about that may come along at the end time. <coughs> but if you read the story of Noah, and, it's, and Jesus records this in Matthew 24:25, it says, as the days of Noah, they were marrying and giving in marriage and eating and drinking and just making a living doesn't say that. But that's really what's happening, the delusion of normalcy. I get up every day at 4.30. I have my devotion. I do my exercise. I'm out the door by 6.30 or 7. I'm off to work. Make a living. Make sure the bank account doesn't go empty. Have a little fun in between. Maybe get a toy or two along the way. I do that day after day after day after day. Yeah, I go to church, but I, I I just go to church because either it's a cultural thing or helps my conscience not be so loud or whatever the reason is. And then Jesus shows up, and we're caught unaware. Not that we've done anything bad. We just haven't taken time to get to know God. See? Get to know God. Well, see, David... Got it. And so in Psalms 139, he begins this way. "'O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways.'" If it's true, and I believe it's true, that God wove us together in our mother's wombs, then he knows absolutely everything about me. Whether I try to hide it from other people, I try to cover it up with whatever stuff, he knows about me. My ways are completely transparent him, and so David recognizes this, acknowledges this, and he takes it deeper, and he ends Psalms 39 with the word search as well, and this is where we're going to spend the last few minutes together, it's in verses 23 and 24, this is the prayer, this is the dangerous prayer. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. David is asking for four things. He's asking to be examined on four different levels. He starts with his heart. And the question is what are the subtle ways that we embrace evil? Someone might look at me or you on the outside and say, oh, that's a good person. They help out with a shower trailer thing. They help people here and help people there. They treat their wife nice. They're good to their kids. Their heart must be okay. But they're just looking at this over here, right? What does God know? God knows what's behind the facade. He knows when I don't treat my wife the way I should. He knows when I entertain myself and I check my brain out with stuff that may not be uplifting all the time. He knows when I medicate myself, either with food or entertainment or the computer or Facebook or exercise, whatever it is. He knows those subtle ways. And David is saying, examine my heart. Let's get real. He knows my fears, my anxieties. Do I trust God with my insecurities? I mean, that's really, for my testimony, that's really the the nuts and bolts of it. I was insecure with myself, and I didn't want to be vulnerable to anybody. And I wasn't vulnerable to anybody. And I figured if I could just work hard enough, keep my nose clean, everyone will leave me alone, and I'm good. And God kept bugging me. (laughs) You need to surrender. You need to submit. You need to come to me and let me have your insecurities. For 20 years, I said, no way, Jose. It's not happening. But uh, we finally did surrender, and it's great. Do we still battle insecurities? Absolutely. But I know where I can go. I know where I can give those now, right? Sin, wicked way is what David used. What idol reigns in my heart? Now, idle may have a a negative connotation for us, but I want you to think about something for a minute. Um, You know, life is stressful, and life is sometimes a four-letter word. It's hard. And sometimes, (coughs) me, maybe some of you, we get to the end of the day, and we wish to want to just brain dump. So we'll flip on the TV. Um, You know, we don't pay for TV, but we do pay for those Netflix and Amazon Prime thingamajiggies. And they have some cool programs, nature programs, other kind of cool programs. But Kim and I were talking as we were preparing for this, we were talking, you know what, we find ourselves in the evenings just brain dumping, spending an hour watching something. It's not bad, but we're not praying together at the end of our day. We're not taking time to... Lift up God and come before God before we retire and go to bed. We're brain dumping and relaxing and we're making a rational reason why we need to do that because life has been so hard rather than coming before God. So anyway, Kim and I are going to try to come before God more before we go to bed rather than watching something, even a nature program. It won't be bad, but what takes priority in our life? Is it God or other things? Leading, allow God to change me. Now, that's a tough one. We're going to take a look at each one of these. Um, Jeremiah 29.13 is the passage we want to look at here. Jeremiah 29.13. We all repeat uh, 29.11 quite often, but Jeremiah 29.13. Um Well, oops, that may have been... Let me just double-check here. Got ahead of myself. Jeremiah 17, 9. 29, 13 is still cool. But let's go to chapter 17, verse 9. That'll be the one we, we want. Jeremiah 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Starting in verse 10. I, the Lord search the heart Randy Maxwell we're going to get a chance to dive more into this book called Closing Prayers but he says if the human heart is the most deceitful above all things then the greatest deception we need protection from is not coming from the right or the left or from the media but from within okay You realize our world is dividing ourselves up. And they're pitting the right against the left or this nationality against that nationality or this whatever against that whatever. That's not the greatest thing that we need protection from. What we need protection from is our own heart. Is our own heart. That's why having an encounter with Jesus is so important. Um, this is from Greg, I can't pronounce his last name, but, um, anyway, he said, what I fear the most revealed where I trusted God the least. Think about that for a minute as we turn to 2 Timothy. That's somewhere around the backside of Thessalonians, if you're wondering where it is. New Testament. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. When he fills you with the Holy Spirit, you're praying for the Holy Spirit, it's not a spirit of fear. If you're feeling anxious, fearful, like you can't function because it's so great, that's not from God. That's from the devil. And you can pray against that. You can get on your little smart device and text your friends and say, Pray. (laughs) I need prayer. You can sing a song. Okay? And even if you don't feel like it, sing it because it'll change. Like, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. Just see if you don't feel like it, just sing it because by the time you're done, you'll feel better. All right. But that's a great quote. What I feared the most revealed where I trusted God the least. Please God, to serve him, to honor him, to live for him. You cannot be driven by fear. We must be driven by faith. You see, there's going to come a time, maybe you've experienced already in your walk, where you don't see through what's the options ahead. You just kind of have to trust. And you come through the other side and you go, wow, that was amazing. But how quickly we forget. But as we move into the time in which we're living... Um, it's going to take a lot of faith just to hang on to Jesus. That's why we need each other, okay? Okay. Oh, hey, this song here. Thanks for putting this in here, whoever it was. <laughs> I cast all my cares upon you. I lay all of my burdens down at your feet. And any time I don't know what to do, I will cast all my cares upon You. These little choruses, you can um, just sing them out, learn them, sing them out. And uh, what's interesting? Okay, so I'm different than most people, and that's really okay. I know, gone to counseling, and all that. But in college, I would walk down College Avenue to Walla Walla University before I dropped out and went somewhere else. But I would whistle as I walked down the street. I grew up in the town, and so just like home. And people started picking up. You're the guy that whistles as you walk down, right? And I was doing my construction work out on the island when I got changed careers again and was doing construction work, and I would sing underneath crawl spaces and different things. And I had my daughter go up to check something for me, because when you go into some condos, you don't know which dryer hose goes to which condo, right? So we had to, I said, go up there and let's turn it on, figure out which one we're working on. And so I'm waiting for her. I'm laying down my back, you know, in this crawl space. Um, Let's just start singing. And she comes down. said, Dad, you know they can hear you up there, right? I said, that's great. It's Awesome. Well, So the other day, um, I was here fiddling with some stuff. And Patricia, who has her office back here, she says, I haven't heard you singing for quite a while. <laughs> now, um, she didn't know what I'm going through. She just noticed that I wasn't singing or whistling, right? And I said, you're pretty insightful. I've been struggling, right? I'm not telling anybody. I'm just not singing. And her comment to me was like, oh, checkpoint. (laughs) Let's uh, reevaluate a little bit here and come together. And uh, so praise for Patricia's insightfulness. Sin. Again, here our cherished idol of sin is exposed. When he begins to look, now he's going to start out, He's not going, it says this in scripture when he's talking to his disciples, he said, I have a whole lot more to tell you, but you can't handle it right now. Okay? He doesn't do a download dump all at once on all your hurts, habits, and hang ups. He does a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. And he begins to just pull them away, and, and we have to surrender those, right? It gets to the point, though. Where's that cherished idol or sin, something that we have rationalized, something that we like or feel that we have a right to commit? That person wronged me 20 years ago. I can still hate him today. Think about it. I have a right to feel that way. They were a jerk to me. Oh, man, the Bible says love your enemies. Forgive those who despitefully use you and abuse you, right? And it happens, so without going into a lot of detail, but just enough to probably put more questions in your head than it's worth. Um, As I ended my career in education, I was thrown under the bus. Kind of an unjust thingamajig that happened. And our oldest daughter was in the house at the time, and our prayer was that she wouldn't lose her walk with Jesus through this mistreatment. And it was just really a rough, rough time. And a lot of bitterness, a lot of anger, right? And I knew that I would probably see these people just because our world is so small. And I just had to ask God to forgive. Teach me how to forgive that person and group of people. And he did. By God's grace, he gave me that peace. But I can tell you what, there are quiet moments Or Satan will come in and say, remember that injustice that happened to you 10 years ago? Why don't you just cogitate on that and cathart about that and get all worked up about that again? Because you deserve that. That was unfair. That's 10, 12 years ago. You still have to pray against that feeling of hate and animosity. Because it feels good to hate them. And that's not right. So when God comes in, when I pray this prayer, and I ask for God to examine me, he's going to go to some tough spots. He's going to cause us to sweat it a little bit. And, uh, you know, find a trusted person that is confidential, you can trust. Say, can you pray with me against this? Because I'm struggling, right? Next one, Let's see what's our next. There we go. This is a cool song. Let me get my cheat sheet out here. I'll sing it. If you know it, sing along with me. If you don't know it, we'll sing it more than once. Change my heart, oh God, make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God, may I be like you. You are the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me, this is what I pray. Change my heart, O oh God, make it ever true. Change my heart, O oh God, may I be like That's really what this is all about, this searching that he does. He wants to find people that he can download himself into that will allow him to remake them over time. Look at all the heroes of Scripture. None of their journeys were microwave experiences. We read it in about 30 minutes, and we think, wow, that was really cool, but we just covered 120 years. You think about it, Moses was in the desert for 40 years before he got the call to go deliver, help deliver people in Egypt, right? Jesus was 18 years in the carpenter's shop after he realized his calling. Abraham, another 40 years before he became become the father of a child of promise. We look at it like this. We read Daniel chapter 2. And we say, man, Daniel got a vision when he was 17. But we think he's still 17 when we come to Daniel 7. And we forget that 70 years went by. And he was simply working in captivity for the king of Babylon. He didn't get a whole bunch of visions every year since he was 17. He had a relationship with Jesus. And Jesus gave him information when it was important because he knew he could be trusted. But he asked Daniel to serve in his job for 70 years. But we just read it. See, you can read the whole book of Daniel in about 45 minutes. And you think, oh, that was quick. No, no, that took decades. Change my heart. Encounter with Jesus. I really encourage you to come tonight at 7 o'clock to hear uh, Nehemiah. Nehemiah was transformed by the grace of God from gangs to God. If you guys know Pastor Ofa, Pastor Ofa was in a gang at one point doing drugs and selling drugs. Similar story with Nehemiah. You take a look at Rome, if you ever get a chance to hear Rome speak, he's a pastor down in Auburn now. He's from uh, Australia. uh, Also in a gang. I tell you what, God's got a bunch of really cool gangsters that he loves on and wants to transform them and have them share Jesus all over the planet. And Nehemiah has just been transformed with his encounter, just like Rome and, and Pastor Ophah and um, others that are serving God, whether they be in our denomination or others. Um, let God transform you, get involved in a small group. Meet with people privately. I know some people are texting back and forth asking for prayer, and it's really encouraging um, to uh, see those things happening. But, friends, as as time goes by, let's um, not be naive to realize that we've been through the time of trouble. Time of trouble hadn't even come yet. And you see how crazy the last two years have been. So now take advantage and say, Lord change me. Make me into something I'm not because these last 2 years really freaked me out. And I read scripture and I see there's a time of trouble such as never was coming. Okay? And we've really been sheltered friends. If if you go to another country, if you went to Ukraine right now, it'd be a different we probably wouldn't be here. In church, worshiping, we'd be in a subway station or under a bridge somewhere. You go to some of these other places that they barely have enough food to eat. And we have a plethora of stuff. And we get upset when the shelves are empty. When that's the way some people live every day. Okay? We have been blessed in the US of A but take advantage of the blessing right now and get in relationship with Jesus. Okay, that's the only thing. Your pocketbook's not going to help you get through. Your intelligence, they're going to be smarter than everybody else. That's all nice. Your guns aren't going to help you get through, although they're fun. Okay? Um, Extra, well, I had a friend of mine down in Eugene that had a 1,000-gallon diesel tank for the time of the end. And his other buddy, um, Jeff, which I mentioned few times. Um he said, Kendall, that's the first thing people are gonna take from you is all your diesel fuel. That's a thousand gallons there. <laughs> Let's just get hang on with Jesus. Just hang on with Jesus. Get in a small group, spend time praying and studying your Bible. And uh because in eternity future we're gonna just hang out with Jesus. We're gonna hang out with Jesus. Thanks for coming today. Let's have prayer Together And then if you want to stay by for prayer, I think there's someone who will be leading prayer at the cross. There's a deacon's meeting that happens in another location um, here. But um, come tonight, please. Jesus, we love you so much. And Lord, you just want to be in relationship with us. You want us to just allow you to get into our hearts and clean us and remake us. And you promise that you will give us a new heart. You will take out the heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. You're going to write your love all over our hearts, and that's what we want. Uh, We want that from you, and as we journey each day this coming week, thank you that you uh, asked Mandalena to claim that week for you. Um, Just be with us, protect us, surround us by your grace, fill us with your spirit, and we give you the glory in Jesus' name, amen.